From WDBM East Lansing, this is The Undercurrent, a weekly radio show that brings you audio narratives produced by students at Michigan State University. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Season 13, Episode 10 of The Undercurrent. I'm your host, Sophie Sagan. I don't know about you, but I think I've gotten to the point of this quarantine where I can't tell if things are getting crazier or more or less settling down. On one hand, I'm starting to get used to staying inside, and my daily routine feels at least somewhat normal. I'm not anxious the way I was about waiting for instructions whenever they do come. But then I read headlines about people from all over Michigan driving and gathering on the Capitol steps protesting the stay-at-home order and blocking the streets, and it just goes to show me again what unusual times these are. Our show today is again another conversation about Michigan State University's response to the COVID-19 crisis. Producers Joe Dandron, Taylor Holterman, and I spoke to Dr. Denise Maybank, the Vice President and Associate Provost for Student Affairs and Services. In this interview, the three of us will alternate asking questions. So the first voice you'll hear is Taylor, followed by, of course, Dr. Maybank's response. Then I'll ask a question, then Joe. Without further ado, here's that conversation. To start off, the support of our Spartan Student Emergency Needs Fund for COVID-19, better known as SOS COVID-19 Fund, has been created to financially assist students impacted by COVID-19. But as of this afternoon, I heard that more than 3,000 applicants have submitted since when the application was first released. Were you expecting that kind of response? And will there be more plans to help students due to the response? Well, Taylor, thank you for asking about the SOS COVID-19 fund. I, I don't know if I'm happy to tell you or sad to tell you that we now have 4,500 applications for support. And so I guess I'm sad about that because so many are in need based on what has happened. But the fact that we have any resources that we can make available, I think is critical. Um, you asked if I was expecting those numbers. I guess, you know, it, in some ways, I, I would hope we wouldn't have gotten that far, that there might have been other ways for people to close the gap on need and to have things, have their needs met. Am I surprised by it? No. Um, there's so much going on in our communities. There's so much happening for families and for individuals that are a result of what is going on. And this unprecedented, unexpected, kind of out of control experience that we're all living in. So there are of course going to be needs. And I'm hopeful that as we move forward with this fund, we'll be able to help in some ways, but we don't have enough to address what it is that we now know to be the set of needs of our students. So when you think about 4,500 plus, and we're not closing that application process until 11.59 tonight, we just are gonna be overwhelmed with need. But there is always hope because not only are we going to use the resources we have, but we've reached out to the colleges that might have emergency funds and they are willing to step up and partner with us and try to meet some of these needs. I have a very short follow-up to that. As you were saying that you've reached out to some of the colleges, what sort of resources have you asked for them to contribute? Is that strictly financially or is it more than that? 
with the knowledge that we have so many applications for the emergency funds, some of the colleges did create emergency fund um, opportunities in the um, capital campaign. And so my hope was that they would help by if we don't fund someone, they might be able to pick up those that are associated with their college. Every college is represented in those 4,500 applications. And so all of, you know, I reached out to all of the colleges. I've already heard back from seven of them. And they are, of course, we want to partner to support our Spartans. And so I'm really gratified by that. Building on that, financials are not the only support that people need. Is, is MSU offering any services to students outside of the financial sector? So one thing specifically I was thinking about was counseling services or mental health services. Yeah, um, that's where I was going to go. So Sophie, you read my mind. Thank you for giving <laughs> me the lead in. I appreciate that. This is a time that is hard emotionally and it creates stress in ways that people might not ever anticipate being stressed. And so having access to resources and to people who can just help them get over the hump, as I like to talk about it, you don't have to feel like you're going to be in therapy for the rest of your life, but there may be something going on where if you can have that conversation, if you can talk to that therapist or to that counselor just to get past this point, it's going to make all the difference for you. And so, yes, our CAPS offices are available. They and, and counselors and therapists are available. There are ways to reach out. I'm sorry, I don't have the specific information right at my fingertips right now, but you certainly can go online. And there are opportunities for teletherapy to be able to do it across the distance, as opposed to necessarily seeing someone face to face. If you already were in a relationship with a therapist from CAPS, they will be able to follow up with you. But if this is a new request for support uh, and connectedness, they will make sure to figure out what's in your best interest and to get you connected in a way that may be meaningful for you. Well, and I think this is another kind of important part about just like, you know, the students and everything too on campus. I know in the summer, the university offers, in the past at least, has offered summer housing for students who are staying around. Is that something that's going to, are you guys going to allow students to stay on campus through the summer? And does that include students who are currently staying on campus too? Are they going to be allowed to stay through the summer? Yes. So we are willing to accommodate those who need housing over the course of the summer. We are going to make sure that we are using spaces so that there is appropriate distancing and people will be safe in that regard. But we will accommodate those who have need, who express need. We anticipate being right around maybe a thousand students because you have to keep in mind, we have international students on our campus who cannot leave. And we have other students who may not be able to go home or who aren't ready to go home as yet. And so we are making those services and those opportunities available. And that includes, of course, making sure that they're dining opportunities for students staying on campus as well. So as long as there is a need and you can get to the live on site, you will be able to ask questions and to get responses about how you can sign up for um, space on campus, but also dining on campus as well in a manner that will be safe for you with the distancing expectations of our state. Yeah, and I kind of wanted to follow up with that too. So 
How else are you guys helping students who are currently still on campus? I know when we talked with President Stanley, he talked about, you know, quarantine housing, some different things like that, that you guys had offered some things up to medical professionals too. Do you want to kind of speak on that? What else, what other things are you guys doing um, that involves on campus too? So the other thing I should have said and, and didn't um, in responding to your first question is that you've got to remember that we have families that live on campus as well. We have family housing. So that is their home. That is their housing and they are staying as well. But when we think about the students who might have a per other permanent address somewhere else, that was what I was referencing before. But yes, we are providing those kinds of supports. So outside of housing and dining, we're trying to make sure that people have um, ways to just take care of themselves, you know, from a wellness perspective. So we encourage people to get outside. You can maintain six feet of distance and still be outside running or walking or exercising in some way. The other thing is Rec Sports and Fitness Services has created a schedule of virtual fitness classes. I have participated. Um, I did a, 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 was it easy yoga or smooth yoga or something, but it was the one that where you didn't have to like overexert yourself too much. And it was a really, really good class. The instructors are amazing. It is happening in time. You can chat with them and send messages and so forth. Um, they're going to be focused, but they'll get back with you if you have a question about something. So it's been outstanding to be able to do that as well. And then there is fitness on demand that is being offered through Rec Sports and Fitness Services. So if anybody has a routine that they had been in where they were going to a class that you can't have with the six feet of, of distance, there are ways to still take care of yourself in that regard. Uh, you know, and, and then there's also the, the fact that Zoom and Teams and all of these opportunities afford us time to see one another. It's been interesting to me to have students who we often think about as always on a device. There, you know, you all, you all will be in the room with one another, texting each other, when, you know, you yell across the room. That's, that's the way I would handle it. But um, what I'm learning now is that people are saying, but yeah, I really want to connect with, and it might be a faculty member or it might be an advisor. And so we're, we're having to use other methods, but I think it's important for us to have the interpersonal go across the wires and the digital space. It's still important. And so we're trying to find ways to make sure to do that as well. Following kind of the theme we're on of students on campus, are there preparations being made for the eventual return of all the students? And do you think that that return might look different than what Spartans are used to? I think our whole world is going to experience interaction and face-to-face -face engagement in a completely different world, in a completely different way. So yes, as we think about whenever it may be that we come back to campus, will it be the same as we've known it? Will it be 300 people in a lecture hall? Will it be, you know, people in space in close proximity? I, I doubt it. I doubt that we will see that again in that way. We've begun to have the conversations about what does it mean for us to come back and to be face to face again? What will it mean for courses? 
What will it mean for living? What will it mean for engaging? You know, I, I don't know if you're aware, but we took the rims down off the basketball courts on campus because that's a contact sport where, you know, sweat and other bodily fluids, sorry, could be in the air and be exchanged and create problems. And so all of those things have to be considered. So as we start to think about it and anticipate what it might be, we have to think about the size of classes, of face-to-face -face classes. What are, the, what are the furnishings of a room that might be a lecture space? And how might that be situated? How much remote teaching may continue to go on or online teaching might happen as we go forward in order to accommodate a new normal for the world and how we interact. So yes, we're having those conversations. We're not talking dates, but we're talking what? What does sanitation of our spaces need to be at that point when we're coming back and we know that they were, we're concerned about a virus that's on a surface or something like that? Do we scale up for what we use or the frequency with which we use it? And all of those things may be necessary and are in consideration. Given that you have a doctoral degree in counseling and school psychology, you're pretty quick to answer my next question, which is, do you yourself have any advice for students that might be feeling overwhelmed by all of the changes that they've sort of had to adapt to, or for anyone, I guess? I appreciate you asking that. So I start with breathe. Take a deep breath, and I'll even give you a technique for it. Breathe in for four counts, hold it, and breathe out for at least twice that long so that you're getting good full breaths of air. It helps to calm you down. It helps to slow down some of the anxiety that you start to feel over the course of time. Just taking deep cleansing breaths can stop your heart from racing at times. So I offer you that one first. Breathing is essential. So keep doing that for the first thing. Um, but then I, I think it's a, it's a matter of what you allow to constantly roll over in your mind. We are our own worst enemies when we just start to ruminate on something and just keep it going. Well, what's going to happen with this? And how am I going to handle that? And what's going to happen the next time? And I'm a New Yorker, so I can talk really fast. So, uh, But I think you have to stop the thoughts at some point as well. Find ways to interrupt that. Make a decision that when you start to feel yourself getting wound up in the anxiety of the moment, that's a good time to go outside for a walk. It's a good time to think about maybe working out and using something to pull that stress away from your inner core to focus on something different. And to use those kinds of techniques that are physical to address the visceral experiences that you're having because they are, they feed on themselves and just wind you up and keep you caught up. Reaching out to the counseling center, um, to the CAPS offices and to the therapists will help you as well because they'll be able to address directly the thing that you're experiencing. The thought that you are constantly winding around and, and staying focused on. They'll be able to address that specifically. Talk to a friend. Break the cycle, break the, chan the, the chain of experience that you've allowed yourself to get caught up in. Break that chain in some way. If you have a pet, interact with your pet. If you like to cook, 
Think about the comfort foods that make you happy. Get a, you know, when next time you go out, make sure you buy that box of Kraft macaroni and cheese or that those ramen noodles, whatever your comfort food is, buy some waffles. Get some waffles and some syrup. That will make you happy any day. Um, and do something that causes you to stop it and to move on, and then you can come back to it. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest about something. You know, I, I often tell people, if you don't address the things that are happening for you, it's going to steal time from you. You may need to take some time to work out a plan for how you're going to address the thing that is bothering you and that stays on your mind. Keep paper by your bed so that when it wakes you up at night, you can write it down and know that you can come back to it. You don't have to try to remember it and force it. Just write it down, get it out, and then close your eyes and relax. Turn the stuff off, turn the phone down. Don't let the light from all of the digital stuff around you distract you. Get good sleep, get good rest. I know that you're in your spaces secluded, but think about how you use that effectively to help you to relax. So this kind of next one is you know, more campus focused too. In a lot of ways, essentially, it's closed down, but Student Affairs has chosen to stay open. So what went into that decision? I guess, why was that decision made to? And what do your operations look like in Student Affairs? Well, I um, made a decision that a few things. There are students who are caught in the digital divide. And there are students who are just experiencing a lack of connectivity because things are just so, I'm gonna use the word disfluent in the way that we're staying connected right now. So there need to be spaces where people can show up and be assured that they're gonna get a good quality connection so they can do the work they have to do. And there are a few places on campus that are open, the union is open, but I thought it important for a building with the title Student Services to be open and available to students. And so we don't have a lot of traffic in the building, but I will tell you that each day we see someone come through the building and they're either trying to just, you know, sit down for a few minutes and get something done or they come in to ask a question and to make sure they're going to the right place or doing the right things in some way. There is a computer lab downstairs where someone could go and even use a computer. We have computers that are available as well so that if someone needs to use a camera and so forth, we can disinfect the space, they can be distanced enough, we have different places we can set up, but there are uh, computers available, cameras available, access to Wi-Fi made available, and that is why this building is open. We are here to serve students. Our tagline is we inspire Spartans to grow. And we wanna make sure you have a space in which to grow. Even if you need water, sometimes I will water people. It's like when they're out in the lobby and I see them sitting there, I offer bottles of water. So, um, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for students to know that there is a place they can go, that there is an opportunity to get what they need and to not be hampered by the things that might be problematic if they're here in town. Our phones are, you know, uh, forwarded to someone to answer them. And all of our offices are open remotely. There is someone who will respond to you for any unit associated with student affairs and services. So know that as well. Our website, we are keeping it up to date. 
and making sure that the information is flowing so students know where to go and how to get the things they need. And if they need an answer to a question that it might be associated with academics, we still can reach out and get an answer and get back to people. Um, in the coming week, we are going to do a parent's office hour. We are opening up the opportunity for parents from around the world. We set it at a time so that it'll work on the global clock for most people. And it's a seven to eight o'clock um, timeframe. And it is going to be a tight hour, but we're gonna answer any questions that parents may have and hopefully alleviate some of their anxiety about things that are associated with the students that come here. And they then become worried about, well, what will it mean? What will it mean going forward? What does it mean now? My child is there on campus, can't get a ticket to come home, what's happening to them? We wanna be able to alleviate some of those anxieties. So student affairs and services has to be about students at all times and whatever the needs are. And so that is what we are committed to. So each of you, all of your peers, friends, connectors, however they connect, if they are a student enrolled at Michigan State University, we wanna be here for them, we wanna be responsive to their needs, and we wanna make sure they have the, the tools and the opportunity to be successful. As a student, that's a great thing to hear. To wrap this up a little bit more of a personal question, how have your days changed and what does a normal day look like for you during the shutdown? I know you have some virtual tea sessions. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking, Taylor. So um, it's been different, I will admit. Now, I do come to the building. I, I come to the building every day, but I chart my information, I take my temperature every morning, and I answer the questions that we're supposed to answer. I, I provide my temperature, I answer whether or not I have any symptoms, I answer whether or not I've traveled, and whether or not I've been in contact with anyone who might be ill. And so we've got a running list of that information, and my answers to those last questions have been no, my temperature has been 96, 97, you know, different in point something or other throughout the, the, the time with no elevated temperatures or anything, and I've not had any symptoms, and I'm grateful for that, because I do know people who have tested positive and have had a really hard time getting through this. So for me, a part of it is checking on people. That's a part of my day and really trying to figure out if the people that I care about, know about, or hear about are doing all right and making sure that I do that. People who I may not have talked to in a while may hear from me now. And that is different. So it's like I have friends who understand me. They know that they may go months, maybe years, but when we talk, you know, we just pick up where we are. But right now I may check in a little more frequently. So that is different. But in the course of a day, I go from one Zoom or Teams meeting to the next. And that is wearying. I'm not going to lie. I'm sure you all are experiencing the same thing with your courses. You're going, oh, wait, I got to hurry up and get off of here so I can sign on to there. It's like, I got to do a bathroom dash, but let me sign in. Then I can go to the bathroom. At least they know I'm present. So I know all the tools and the tricks right now. <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do to get it done. And so, yes, virtual tea time is a little different. I ask people whether or not they have their tea when I do a, a virtual tea time. I'm thinking about mailing out tea bags. 
and go, okay, so now you have to pick from this group because I always joke about the fact that we're not drinking Lipton when we do tea time. You know, you got to drink something, you got to try something different. So I did have a thought last week about possibly mailing a couple of tea bags to people and say, okay, we're scheduled for such and such a date. We're going to try one of these. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But I do try to make myself available. I do telephone calls um, with students and, you know, whatever it is that it's going to take, that's going to take us to get through um, this process I'm willing to do. I know I was in a meeting with a group of um, students and one of the students just talked about her experience right now. She's an international student and disconnected from her family of origin as well as her spouse. And so it was really difficult for her. So today we had tea time just to check in. And it was just a matter of if you just need to yell, scream, do whatever you need to do, let's just get together and have that time. And I'm glad to be available in that way. And so I hope as your listeners listen, if they would like tea time, I'm glad to do it. I'll turn the camera on. We can look at each other or not <laughs> and, and have a great um, conversation over one of the platforms that's available to us. So tea time reigns. Thank you again so much. Again, we want to be respectful of your time. So yeah, I just want to say thank you on behalf of Tech News for coming and talking to us today. Well, I hope you all know, because whenever you see me and I see you, I go, woohoo, Impact Radio. <laughs> so I, I don't feel any different today. Um, you know, so Taylor, Sophie, and Joe, I thank you so much for wanting to talk with me in this way and wanting to make this connection. I really do appreciate all of you. I appreciate what you do. I appreciate the ways in which you represent the student voice and make it possible for them to be heard in a different way. So I just wanna thank you all as well. And Jeremy, you, you get to be a part of that. Thank you too. <laughs> and that's it for our show. Thank you to our station manager, Joe Dandron, programming director, Amber Konetsky, and general manager, Jeremy Whiting. And thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Like every week, I hope that you are staying healthy and safe and if you're interested in listening to more undercurrent content with your newfound free time, you can find our archive on impact89fm.org. Until next week, take care of yourselves, and you've been listening to The Undercurrent. WDBM East Lansing, you've been listening to The Undercurrent.